Hey, what's going on? And welcome to Worship and Leadership by LifePoint Creative. My name is Elmer, and I'm excited that we get to hang out with you for the next few moments. This podcast was created with the intent to resource our creative dream teamers at LifePoint Church in Clarksville, Tennessee. And we're aware people are listening from around the world, and we're so glad that you've joined us today. In a few moments, you'll hear my friend Willie, Tiffany, and myself dive into episode number four of our Worship Foundations series. So we're going to dive in right now. What's going on, guys? What's up? Yo, what's up? Hold on, hold on. I got to turn your mics on. Okay, let's try that again. What's going on, (laughs) y'all? Yo, yo, yo. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on? Hey, we gotta we gotta do one thing because it's a special day today, and it's uh it's my boy Wheelie's birthday. What's up? Yo, how do you feel? How do you feel today? I I feel good, man. I, I feel I feel great. Um, but once I got over the initial pain of waking up mm-hmm. this morning, my body let me know, hey, you're 41 years old, oh. bro. So man. Uh, you got to move a little bit slower. You got to move with a little bit more purpose. Yo, a happy birthday. <laughs> On behalf of oh, all the Coco Melon. Oh, there's there's this one. No, no, I like this one right here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Feliz cumpleaños a ti. Feliz cumpleaños. Opa. Opa. I like this. No, that's, uh, Opa's like Greek. Isn't it? <laughs> that's yeah. Not. That was, thought it was like polka. That was like no. my bad. That was Mexican. That was <laughs> Get it That's right. right. <laughs> my bad. Get my cultures mixed up there. Hey, no. okay. For real, it's a happy birthday. Thank you so much. And uh, we celebrate with you today. Yeah. And uh, so we've got you a bottle of water that's half drunk. Okay, I appreciate that, man. Yes, sir. Hey, you're, you're used to that. I, I, yeah, I like the backwash in it, man. That adds a little bit more flavor. Hey, if, and what, what I'm talking about is like on worship teams, yeah. there's always water bottles on stage. That's right. And sometimes you just get so thirsty that you don't even ask. <laughs> don't even ask. You, don't I, ask. you just grab I, it and start drinking. Mm, right. So if you're, I'm with you. Mm, I, there's people that understand. So yes. I, I prefer no. my water without amoebas in it. Really? I don't know. Tiffany? I just. <laughs> amoebas. I, <laughs> Especially other people's amoebas. I'm offended. Man. I brush my teeth. That's right. I use mint and gum. All right. Hey, this week we're diving into, you know, last week we we went over the, the, we came into the tabernacle. Yeah. And we started talking about the furniture that's, you know, part of the tabernacle. And we made it all the way into the inside. That's right. (laughs) The inside. We did. And we're just at the curtain. Yes. With the Holy of Holies right before us. So today we're going to address... The Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. And uh, Willie, I like how you titled our notes, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Yes, we're going to talk about it. So uh, we're going to dive in to the inner sanctum of the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant is. So Willie, go ahead and kick us off. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first of all, we want to talk about the name of this particular piece of furniture, the Ark of the Covenant. And that's because God, again, wants to remind his people that he desires relationship with them and fellowship with them. And so hearkening back to our first episode, a covenant, it's an agreement. It's it's filled with promises and conditions and stipulations, but it is an agreement between two parties. So God is saying to Israel, hey, listen, this ark is going to remind you that my presence is going to go with you everywhere that you go. Amen. So when we look at the construction of the ark, it is essentially a box or like a chest and so a chest is it's made to house and to store things. And so this ark was made of what's known as acacia wood. And acacia wood was unique in its properties. It was known to be 
weather resistant and also resistant to uh, insect uh, infestation uh, as well as a very hard wood as well. So it, was, it would have been perfect for this kind of construction because the ark was mobile. The people carried it with them from place to place, so from place to place, so I had to be able to withstand a little bit of abuse and wear and tear. And the ark was overlaid with gold. And like I told you guys last time, there's no insignificant detail in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So it's made of wood and it's overlaid with gold. Why is that significant? Well, wood typically represents humanity, represents man, mankind, and gold represents divinity. So you can see here again, looking at the ark, there is this communication, okay, being expressed from God to man because God is the one who's giving uh, Abraham and he's giving uh, he's giving everyone, all, or, or, or the, the Israelites, he's giving them these plans, and he's telling them, hey, listen, build these things according to the, the pattern that I give you. So God's communicating divinity and humanity. They're going to coalesce. They're going to fellowship. They're going to do life together. Okay, so that's why that's important. Okay? So the ark, again, it's a chest, so that means it contains certain items. Well, it contained three noteworthy items. The first one was known as the law. It was the tablets. It's what God gave to Moses uh, when he was on the mountaintop, when he was on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. So this was the law. This was the, it's called the covenant law. Okay. So in this law, these are the promises, the stipulations, the rewards, the blessings, and even the judgments and the punishments for disobedience. But again, it was God's word that was placed in. So we have to remember God makes promises and God keeps promises. Yeah. The second article was known as the jar of manna. So remember when the Israelites are in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 or for 40 years, God feeds them every single day with this miraculous substance called manna. And it tasted like honey wafers. As a matter of fact, the word manna literally means what is it in Aramaic? Because the, the Israelites are like, well, what is this food? Like we just know that it falls from heaven and we wake up every morning and it's there on the ground and it's, it's delicious, and we get to eat it every day. So God fed them miraculously with this manna. So that represents God's provision. God is letting them know, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to provide every need that you have. I'm going to be the one to provide that need. I think that's what my kids call my cooking. <laughs> so, what is this? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to check that. Daddy, we appreciate this manna. What is it? What Son, is it? that's ribs. That's a, you sure, Dad? It's Cajun style. Cajun style. No, I don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I know you're an excellent cook, Elmer. Oh, thank you. I know that. Hey. You're you're a wonderful cook. Well, I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I don't think I am. Well, I can grill. You can grill. I yes, can, I'll grill. That See, counts. That counts. That counts. All right. Absolutely. Hey. See, you're an excellent cook, man. Come on. All right. Absolutely. It's not about me, right? It's not. Although to be fair, I don't remember the last time I had you cooking. So. <laughs> Anyway, we're moving on. So the third thing that was in inside the ark was Aaron's staff. So remember, Aaron was the first high priest commissioned um, through the tribe of Levi. He was the first uh, uh, high priest that was commissioned. And so he had this staff. And to give you a little bit of uh, context, there was this rebellion led by this individual named Korah. And what they were doing was pushing back against Moses, really. They were pushing back against his authority and they were challenging him, saying, hey, listen, who made you the spokesman, you know, on, on behalf of God? How come God only speaks to you? How come he can't speak to anyone else in the entire nation of Israel? And so God has everybody from the 12 tribes, all these representatives line up, 
And so, you know, Aaron's here from the tribe of Levi, and Aaron has a staff that he he walked with. He used it to aid him in walking, but it also represented authority. And his staff budded, and there were the, the buds were almonds. So there were almond blossoms, there were almond flowers, and then almonds themselves began to bud miraculously just from this wooden stick. And it was God's way of telling the entire nation of Israel, millions of people, I've chosen Moses and Aaron to be my spokespeople. I've given them my authority. And so that is what the staff represents. The almonds represent blessing. Okay, the almonds represent blessing. So it's also God has blessed Moses and Aaron with the ability to lead the people well through the wilderness. He's letting them know, like, I'm only giving them authority, but my blessing as well. Like, I'm going to be with them as they lead yeah. you. I, I love that because sometimes on the topic of miracles, which I know we're not talking about miracles, right? but sometimes God will, you know, operate a miracle to show that his hand is there. Mm. You yeah. know, and sometimes we pray like, God, do this, you know, all these yeah. things. But just, just as a side note, I think just to think of, you know, when God does do something like that is just to remind us that, Hey, I'm here, I'm mm. in this, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and we see that with Aaron's staff because Absolutely. this is a, a piece of wood that's yep. not connected to anything, Mm-mm. no source of life, but nope. yet it starts budding in, exactly. the, in the wilderness. In yeah. the wilderness, right? Like you said, yeah. almond trees don't even grow where they're at. Like yeah. that's it's it's a stick. Like like you said, it's disconnected from any source, not not rooted in anything. I planted almond trees don't grow in the this part of the wilderness. They're in, yeah. they're near Kadesh Barnea. Almond almond trees don't grow there, so they're like, oh, this is definitely the hand of the Lord because yep. He causes ordinary stick to blossom with uh, this with food. Uh, and, and then so the last thing we're looking at now is the mercy seat. This is probably going to be one of the more familiar elements to our listeners regarding the Ark of the Covenant. It was the lid. It was the cover for the Ark itself. And it was adorned with two cherubim. Again, everything here is made of gold. And they had their wings outstretched and they're facing towards one another. And so there was a space on top of this cover known as the mercy seat. Okay. And... Once a year, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies, and he would sprinkle blood on top of the mercy seat on behalf of the people. Okay, then what would happen is God would see the sacrifice, be pleased with it, fire would rain down from heaven and consume the sacrifice, and then the high priest knew and the people knew that God had accepted the sacrifice. Okay, that God had been, his, his justice had been appeased, he was satisfied. And so those are the elements of the Ark of the Covenant. And again, it's about access. It's about relationship. God is communicating with his people that he is with them wherever they go. The Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. represented the very presence of God. The cherubim represented the presence of God. When you look all throughout the Old Testament, anytime cherubim are mentioned, they're always mentioned in connection and relationship to the presence of God. Yeah. The book of Ezekiel has this crazy vision where he looks at the sky, it looks like lapis lazuli. He sees this throne flying all around the place, and these four creatures are carrying it. And they're cherubim, and they're they're described like out of a children's uh, fairy tale. You know, they have all multiple yeah. faces and eyes and wings, and they're shouting, "Holy, holy, holy!" Isaiah has his vision in Isaiah fifty three, seeing God, the train of his robe filling the temple, and these creatures are flying around. Well, those are cherubim in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve are kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and there is a cherubim and a flaming sword stationed at the east end. 
And it wasn't to keep them out. It was to allow them to have access to God. The cherubim, it represented the presence of God. So Adam and Eve could still commune with God. So this is what the ark is about, communicating every single element. God is with you. God is for you. He will provide you. He will lead and guide you according to his word. His authority is going to be over you. His hand of blessing is upon you. And again, his presence goes with you everywhere you go. Yeah, and going back to the mercy seat, um, <clears throat> it, it's it's the place when they would sprinkle the blood. As long as the blood was present, right? God didn't see the sins of yes humanity. That's right, right? Yeah, that's yeah. It covered. It covered the blood. Covered the sins of humanity. Right? Yeah. You don't know, have the gold, but now you have the blood covering humanity. Yeah, and He was able to accept the people. And that, that's that. Yep. Yeah. So now God says, "No, you're you're welcome." To have relationship, communion, fellowship with me. And and again, we got to remember, too, when we look at Old Testament figures, Old Testament items, Old Testament symbols, they're, they're insufficient because here's the thing. Only one person was allowed in the Holy of Holies. That was the high priest. Yeah. And he was only allowed one time out of the year. That was on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. So this is still pointing us to a greater reality that has yet to be fulfilled, right? Because yeah. not everybody could go into the tabernacle. Not everybody can go get an outer court, and inner court, holy of holies. Not everybody can go into all of these places. Mm-hmm. So we're like, this is st- this still feels um, incomplete, right? This still feels incomplete. And so, Tiffany, now we look at Jesus being the fulfillment for the ark. He he he's the one who really embodies who the ark is. He is our ark. And yeah, come on, just would love for you to preach and, and teach us <laughs> yeah. about how Jesus really is our all ark. Right. Come on, Tiffany. Well, Come Uh-oh. On. No, I. Mm. Mm, mm, uh. I'm on some fire. Man. I was about to, but the music just threw me off. And then now <laughs> I just, you know, it was, it was there. And then now I don't. It's, I don't it's know, okay. But, you know. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Jesus. Get back to Jesus. Jesus is our ark. So I know talking about like, um, the the ark of the covenant and, and the box with the, the wood and the gold, um, Jesus. He is both God and man. Right. So he is divinity and humanity. Yeah. Um, he's also called the living word. Um, in John 1, it says the word was God. That's right. Uh, so that's the law. Yeah. That's those tablets and the you know that are in in the in the box. Right. Um, well, that's right. <laughs> the covenant in the yeah, Ark but, of the Covenant <laughs> box. She said the box. The just read the name of the title. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> oh. oh man. <laughs> All right, let's get to the manna. The manna. Jesus is the bread of life. Right. Uh, in John 6, it says, eat me and you'll never thirst again. Right. So, uh, you know, just at the time that represented, you know, the provision mm-hmm. for the people, but Jesus is that provision for right. us. So I love that. Um, Aaron's staff was also in the Ark of the Covenant, not the box. Right. <laughs> Genesis twenty two eighteen 18 um, to Abraham, it says, through your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Right. And that was, you know, the almonds and the blessings that that represented. Jesus is the offspring of Abraham. That's so right. that was also talking about Jesus yeah. and, and um, leading to that, which all of this does. It's so awesome when you look at the details that, that all of this, right. this is that, that, you know, I... 
confession time. Okay, all right. I all used right. to, you know, you do your Bible reading plan, and I would do the the Bible in a year. Okay, and you get to this part of the Bible where they're talking about the ark, yeah. and the temple, and the details, yeah, and the, you know, and you're just kind of like, well, Cubans, gold, bronze, you know, like, <laughs> all right, let's get you know to the New Testament, maybe, or right, you know, on. like some action, but like really, when you dig into this and look at the details and and what it's pointing to and who it's pointing to, like yeah. it is so amazing, yeah. Like if you dig into your Bible and just know that that's not in there to bore you, like mm. it's not in there to to look at it and and just you know skip to the next part. Like right. it's in there intentionally, yeah, because it's all pointing to Jesus. Like right. all yeah. of this is pointing to Jesus, and mm. you know, it's just so cool. So when you open your Bible, like look at it with those fresh eyes. Like yeah. don't just look at it like they're telling us what it looked like, or they're just telling us because you know it's it's a cool story. Yeah. It's pointing to the coolest story. Like it's not, you know, so I guess just look at it with fresh eyes. Look at it that way and and read it that way and and just through that filter of Jesus and and who he is and and what he wants in his heart. It's just it, you know, it makes all of this so so awesome. So when you look at, you know, furthering that theme of again Jesus fulfilling the ark, you know, we we look at the mercy seat Uh and Jesus. And in Hebrews chapter four, he's called our great and merciful high priest. Yeah. So now we don't have to worry about this system of priesthood continuing on in the new covenant. Jesus is the last and the final high priest. Right. But he doesn't sprinkle blood from an animal. Mm-hmm. Like the blood that was sprinkled in the Old Testament was, was from an animal, from yeah. a bull, a goat, a, a sheep, some, a bird. And it had to happen over and over and over and over, and over again. It had to keep happening every yeah. single year. So all the only thing that would happen on, on the Day of Atonement was that the, the guilt was rolled back one more year. But it's like mm-hmm. you still owe the debt. But it's like we're just going to roll back the payments. But Jesus comes and he offers his own blood, his own body. He says, I'll be the sacrifice. I'm not offering the sacrifice. I am the sacrifice. Yep. And the Bible says in Hebrews 10 that he is our final sacrifice once for all time. So there's there's nothing else that had that came after the cross. Yeah, the entire system of the sacrificial uh, dynamic was completely um, rendered obsolete after the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. But then he's also our mercy seat as well. So he's actually the one who covers us. Like it's the blood of Jesus that's offered as a sacrifice. But then his sacrifice is pleasing. Romans three twenty five says that Jesus is our propitiation. So what is that? That word, it literally means that it just means appeasement, payment, Mm -hmm. sacrifice, atonement. Jesus, when he died, he satisfied God's perfect justice, his righteous justice. When there's a sin committed, it's committed against God. He's holy and he's righteous. And he's like, somebody or something has to pay for that sin. Well, Jesus says, I'll be the payment. But not just for like my sin or your sin, everybody's sins, past, present, future. He's paid them all. And what's really interesting is that word propitiation, the original Greek word, is the exact same word as mercy seat in the Old Testament. The word is, is hilasterion, and it is the exact same word. So Jesus is our mercy seat. Come on. He is the nexus. So he is the focal point. He's the fulcrum around which all of this turns. He is the high priest. He is the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And he is the propitiation. He is the satisfaction himself. He embodies all of it. So now we can expand this. Remember, Jesus says no one comes 
to the Father except through me. In the Old Testament, nobody could come to the Father, to the ark, except the high priest. One time a year, only in the Holy of Holies. And through the process. You yeah. got to go through the whole right. process. You can't so, skip a corner. You can't skip no. anything. You have to be the detail by detail. Right. You, you missed anything, you, you die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me, oh, yeah. That, that's a great. Here's, here's, here's a minor detail. Oh, just, you know. <laughs> there was a rope tied around the brother yeah. and a bell attached yeah. to it. Yeah. And as long as the bell was twing-a-ling-a-linging, they knew the high priest was alive. He's, he's in there doing his thing. But the moment that there was no twing-a-ling-a-linging and they heard a, a thud, a f-bum, oh, gosh. they knew. Yeah. Oh, oh, Lord. Like, uh-oh. That, look, that's right. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. If they heard crickets, uh-oh, hold on now. What then, ha- what then happened to Cletus? Oh. The high priest. So that's <laughs> why they had that rope. Somewhere. They had that rope so they can get there and go yeah. ahead and drag him out and say, well, next man up. Yeah. So the, to your point, there was just this almost fear of, Okay, I don't want to yeah. mess up. And that's part, that's something we haven't discussed, but even right. the high priest himself, mm-hmm. outside of the tabernacle and the whole process within it, right. he had a mandate. Yeah. He had to live a certain way. Yes, he did. Certain lifestyle. He had to follow certain traditions. Yes. He had to uh, uh, abstain from, uh, uh, what do you call it? Sorry, refrain from yeah. certain things. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, and so he had, a, there, there was a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a lot on one person. You're right. For the, for, you know, but now Jesus comes and he's like, hey, I'm it. Yeah, Hebrews 4 says he was in every way tempted. To your point, because the high priest had offered sacrifice for his own sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, Jesus was in every way tempted yet without sin. Yep. So he says, I don't even have to offer sacrifice for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm next level. I am that sacrifice because I'm sinless. Yep. So at every turn, Jesus, he exceeds. He's You know, the, uh, one thing I love about the word, uh, the book of Hebrews, you can describe it using the word better. Like, Jesus is the better Adam. Jesus is the better Moses. He's the better revelation. He's the better tabernacle. He's the better high priest. He enacts the better covenant over and over again. And you see it here. Jesus now gives us better access. Remember in John chapter 4, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, and she's talking about worshiping at this mountain, Mount Gerizim. Yeah. That, that's where the, the, the Samaritans would, would worship because mm-hmm. there was a temple there. But the Jews wouldn't worship, they wouldn't worship God with them at that mountain. Yeah. And Jesus says, a time is coming, it's even here now, where it won't matter where you worship. Right. Because God is spirit, and he's looking for worshipers who will do so in spirit and in truth. So now as believers filled with the Holy Spirit, we can worship God anywhere we want, anytime we want. During Jesus. in any circumstance we want, yeah, in yeah. any disposition, like your mood could be happy, sad, joyful, anxious, you can still throw your hands up and give God praise now because you have unhib- uninhibited access to the Father because of what Jesus has done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so good, man. Come on, somebody, <laughs> come on. I should hit that organ. Oh, hey, it. listen, <sighs> I got my shando ready. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Because this is this is important. It is. This is groundbreaking for us as worshipers. Again, this is you know the worship and leadership podcast. And so now these elements, these truths, our response should be unbridled worship yes. of our good and gracious yeah. God. I mean, I listen think. to all these details. Listen to all these directions right. that that people gladly followed. Yes. You know, with with the, it was an honor to Absolutely. be that priest. I'm sure. Right. You know, he wasn't. Right. Like, oh, I got to do all, th-. you know, like point. it was an honor yes. to be that priest. And sometimes our day to day things mm. might we get to complain about or, you know, like, right. but what an honor it yeah. is 
that we get to be in the presence of the Lord. Come on. Without a rope and a bell, and a, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> we just, we get to be in yes. his presence and we yeah. get to commune with him. Yep. And, and sometimes we, I think we take it for granted. Yep. Yeah, we do. You know, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's why on, on Sunday with the team, I was able to share uh, the scripture in our huddle. And I also mm-hmm. shared this um, while I was leading worship at Austin P uh, Psalms 103. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse two, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget, forget yes. not all his benefits. Benefit. Yeah. And then he, and the psalmist continues to say, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals, heals all your disease, redeems your life from the pit. He's he's painting this picture of, like, don't forget yeah. what right. he's done for you. Mm. You know, it's easy for us to just get into our mundane routines and, yeah. and to forget, man, like, we don't have to... Go through a, you know rituals. Yes. We don't have to have a, a priest, do, you know, go through this sacrificial yeah. tradition on our behalf. Yeah, Jesus has done it all. Our sins are forgiven. Come on, you know, and we mm-hmm. are completely made new because of Christ. And it's easy for us to forget. You're exactly right. You know? And so sometimes we got to remind ourselves. And and so looking like Tiffany to Tiffany's point, mm-hmm. looking at Scripture, studying the tabernacle, realizing the process that it took. In you know, in those times in the mm. Old Testament, obviously yeah. these are historical books. Right. In this time period, for man to have relationship with God because of the fall of man. Yes. It 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 took a lot of work. It did. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't easy. Yeah. And now because of Christ, we have access Amen. to God yeah. the Father. Yeah. I'm actually glad you brought that up, Pastor Elmer, because to your point, there there was no seating in the ta- in the tabernacle. There was no seating. To, because the priests were always were constantly Working, point to Jesus. Jesus is my father's always working, so am I. Mm-hmm. Yet, the Bible says that once he entered into the true tabernacle, right? This is a copy of the heavenly one. Mm-hmm. He sat down to, yeah, at the right, right, hand, right hand of the, of the Father. father. Yeah. That's a, think about that. That's the first time in history that a priest sat down, that the work was actually finished. Mm-hmm. He sat down. When he said it is finished on the cross, symbolically what he did was he sat down at the right hand of the Father. He says, I'm done. I have completed the work. The sacrificial system, done. I fulfilled it. It's obsolete because I am the I'm the true high priest. I am the sacrifice, and I actually am the propitiation. Like, I, I'm actually the one that can actually forgive your sins because yeah. I'm God. And I thank him for that. Come yeah. on. Somebody. And now he yes. sits at the right hand of the Father, and he does what? He intercedes yes. for us. like a priest does. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's still carrying the role. He's carrying the role. Yeah. But this, the the part of access right. is not it's done. The it's veil done. was torn when that's right. You know, after he was crucified. Yep. Like so that that intimacy with God it's been restored if we choose it. If we choose, yeah, yeah, yeah we got through yeah. Jesus. Yes. But and now he sits and intercedes. On Come on, behalf, so so that we can see. So that we can. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. Come on, man. Thank God for that. Oh, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Man, that's exciting. Um. Yeah, and and that's pretty much the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about the design last week, and today we were talking about the ark. Mm-hmm. And so, just we uh, again, this is us talking about it, talking through it. But we always encourage you go through scripture. Yes, you know, go back and study it. There's so many great books on the tabernacle. Yes, uh, and we just want to make sure that you understand again. Everything in scripture is there for a purpose, yeah. and this is a, a foreshadowing of what was to come. And now, through Jesus, we see you know everything fulfilled. Yeah, and um, so now we get to come before the Lord and bless His name with everything that we got. Come yeah. on, Amen. Yeah. So, um, Amen. Yeah. Do you guys have any final thoughts? Well, thinking through 
uh, you know, another layer, another degree, mm-hmm. to your point, the Bible says now that we present our bodies as living sacrifice, Romans 12, mm-hmm. 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your own bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God. Such is your spiritual worship. So it is true. Jesus is the last and final sacrifice, 100%. So there's nothing we can give God to pay him back for his generosity towards us. Right. So what do we do? We just say, God, I lay everything. My whole life is a sacrifice now. Yeah. So I, I say to the Lord, you get to dictate to me what I do with my life, with my thoughts, with my very body, with my possessions. Like you yeah. get to dictate what I do with those things. I lay them all down. I lay my plans down, my vision, my agenda, my perspective, my sin struggles, my strengths, I lay it. I just, it, all of it is a living, which is an oxymoron because sacrifices by definition die. So every day, our own selves, right, that, that, that fool in us wants to rise up. We got to sacrifice on the altar again and just say, God, I'm dying to myself so I can live through you and in you and for you. Yeah. You know, so well, in, well, in order to live for him, we must die to ourselves. We yeah. have not ourselves. And so, yeah, yeah that's important. And, and again, like when we, our first episode, we talked about, you know, our take on worship, going back to worship as obedience, you know, mm. like that's how I see it in life. Yes. You know, our obedience is an act of worship. So now I'm not, I don't live a certain way. Mm. I don't abstain from certain things because I have to. Right. You know, everything's permissible. Yes, it is. Yeah. I can do it. Mm-hmm. For I have, sure. I have the freedom, but yep. the fact that I can doesn't mean I choose to because right. I want to live in obedience to the Lord and what he's calling me to do and how he's calling me to live. Yes. You know, and so to me that's important because yeah. that that is my spiritual act of worship to mm. the Lord. So yeah. how I what I choose to do when people are watching me, what mm. I choose to do when people aren't watching me. Yes, sir. And so that's that's why worship isn't just something it, it's not something that just happens with, within the walls of the church. It, yes. This happens at home, happens at work. Yeah. Absolutely. Right now while you're driving, come you know, on. Yeah. And the person cuts you off, you know, like look. <laughs> <laughs> worship yeah. Jesus. Come on, that's an opportunity to worship now. Make a okay? choice. You can lift up holy hands <laughs> Good choice. when they cut you off. You can, God bless you. God bless you. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Just make sure all those fingers are up. Make sure all ten of them is up now. You don't want to give nobody the one finger salute, okay? No. <laughs> lift up holy hands, oh. not heathen hands. Come on, somebody. Um, yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's very it's true. easy. <laughs> all right. Hey, so we're going we're gonna to finish off this episode today. Um, we, uh, is there someone we want to call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We gotta get somebody on the line. Who do we want to call? Let's see. Hmm. Uh, hopefully, they answer the phone. Lord. You know, there's this guy on our team. His name is uh, Pastor Jeray. Come on, somebody. People, people don't really hear from him much. No, they really don't. Um, because he, he's our student pastor, and so he has the privilege of leading our, our student teams and all that. And so, um, I, I just hit. I called him. <laughs> He, he never answers his phone. Aww. No, so he's he, this is a long shot. So, um, you know, <laughs> but just I'm just I'm just talking about him. If he answers, or if he doesn't, but just um, you know, I am so encouraged to see what he's doing with mm. our student ministry. Yeah, and one of the things that we've focused on a lot with our students is um, yeah, he, he didn't Aww. answer. Oh, Dean, he's at work, so he's probably in a meeting. But yeah. one of the things that he's been doing, like with him and uh, Brooke, a lot mm-hmm. of you know who Brooke is, uh, just developing our student teams and yep. 
and forming in them a lifestyle of worship. Yes. And so I'm encouraged by 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 that on Wednesday nights, watching them lead their peers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it takes a lot at at a young age as a as a teenager to yeah. lead other teenagers yeah. in worship. And it does. And they do it every week with excellence and yeah. just grateful hearts. And so. Um, even though he didn't answer the phone, y'all make sure you just send up a prayer for yeah. Pastor Jure. Please do, yeah. Jessica Merriweather. Come on. And so um, we love him so much. And so uh, once again, thank you for being part of our podcast. We're so glad you guys joined us today. And Willie, happy birthday. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, excited. Do you have any plans? Yeah, man. My my family, they're taking me out uh, for dinner tonight at the mail room. Oh. So uh, yeah, going to be a little bougie tonight. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Come on. The mail room. The mail room. Very excited. What time is dinner then? Yeah, what time do we show up? (laughs) Yeah. So you guys show up tomorrow night at 6 p.m. We're all family, right? Y'all show up tomorrow night and say we're with the Simpson party. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Y'all show up tomorrow night. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, once again, thank you for tuning in and spending time with us. If you're a guest with us and you'd like to know more about our church and ministry, you can find out more about us online at lifepointchurch.tv. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifePointChurch or follow our creative social media at LifePointCreative. Share the podcast with your friends and family. Leave us a review. Email us. However we can serve you, we are here for you. Make sure you join us next week for the following episode in our Worship Foundations series. Peace. Peace.